You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I have something I believe is for us tonight from the Lord. Glory to God. So, um, you know, previously I talked to you at two previous messages about a speaking kingdom. And I was going to do that last week, and then uh, the Lord kind of shifted some things and felt like this is what the night was the night to give it, this to you. And uh, so we talked to you about Abraham and how, uh, you know, he, they were believing for a, a child and how God changed their names and they had believed him for 24 years and then uh, God changed his name and put in their mouth uh, what he was saying, a father of many nations, a, a mother of princes or kings come out of her, that kind of thing. And so I'm not going to go back and rehearse all of that. They're on YouTube, and you can go back and watch them if you uh, want to. But uh, the reason why we started all this is because the Lord had come to us at several different times uh, over the years. Uh, Here in this building, we were over in the A-frame. Since I've been here, uh, as much as I can calculate, probably about three times. But then I found a fourth time today when I was looking at something. He told us that he came and did an inspection of the truths, and he said, that he, uh, he came for our words and he found them lacking. So with that, if he's come several times and every time he tells us that he out, finds our words lacking, we need to make some adjustments. We need to do something to, when he comes to give him what he's looking for, right? For words. And so uh, with this, I, um, we've been talking mostly about believing and, and speaking and, you know, there's all different sides of the mountains and diamonds of faith and that kind of thing. And Pastor's doing a fantastic job on Wednesday nights teaching us about real faith. And then on Sunday mornings, he's teaching us about these three, you know, hope lives, love illusion. I don't think we've gotten to that yet. And um, what was the other one? Living faith. Bad associate pastor. Um, <clears throat> I did have been in my office this afternoon, so praise the Lord. Sorry, Pastor. Uh, so, um, so he's doing a fantastic job, and he'll probably come up those mountains, you know, all the different ways. But, you know, for the uh, part that I'm here, we're talking about a largely a part of uh, talking about speaking because that's what the Lord is saying. He's looking for it is our words. And so we've been looking at in uh, Mark 11, 20, 22 and 24, and we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail about this verse tonight. But even with that, you know, with the different sides of it, you know that faith works by love. So with believing and speaking, you also have to walk in love with folk. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's part of those different mountains. And Galatians says that faith works by love. And even in Mark 11, 20, uh, 25, I think it is, it says that when you stand praying, forgive. All right. So we just can't throw those out of the way. I'm just going to believe and speak. I'm just going to believe and speak and then treat people any kind of way you want to and expect your faith to work, right? So all of this is encapsulated together. So um, let's talk, go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. Since we're talking about believing and speaking, believing and speaking. And so here it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So believing is first, and that's how you got born again, right? You believed in your heart that Jesus Christ was born born of a virgin. He died, 
rose from the dead and you believe that in your heart and you confessed him as your savior out of your mouth. That's how you get healed. That's how you get prosperous. That's how you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You believe and then you speak. Believe and then you speak. Amen. Glory to God. So that's a, a integral part of our walk of faith is believing and speaking. And so um, with this, in uh, the Lord coming to inspect the troops, this was another aspect that he talked to us about recently. And this was this year in April, I think it was April 14th. And uh, he came to talk to us about, again, our words. And uh, pastor was praying at noon prayer. And this is what came out. He says, who will, who will, who will make a highway? Who will make the crooked place straight? Who will bring the valley up? Who will bring the mountain down, rivers in the desert? Who will pray? Who will make a way? Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Come for your words. There it is again. Come for your words. I need more words. I need more words. So even as of this year, in April, the Lord is saying to us, he needs our words. And then he goes on to say this. And the prayer groups, they must also say, not just pray. Now listen to the language of this. They must also say, not just pray. They must also say, they must say. So some things, some things you say, some things you pray. They must also say, meaning that us as prayers or people who pray, we must also say in addition to praying. Teach them to declare and to decree a thing. Pray it out, but then declare it, decree it. Not enough to pray it out. It's not enough to pray it out. What's on my heart? You've got to declare and decree a thing. You've got to declare and decree a thing. Make it so, make it so, make your words, make your words, make your words the power of the Holy Ghost. And there will be a performance. We just talked about that with Mary. There will be a performance. Just like Mary, there's a performance. There's a performance of things believed because it was said. Be it done unto me. Nothing impossible. Nothing impossible. Man, that's been the theme tonight, hasn't it? Nothing impossible, but I need your words. And listen to this. I need your words. 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 And it's emphasized just that way. I need. And he's not saying, I'm just asking. He said, I need your words. From a place and a heart of full assurance of faith, no doubt, and then he says no doubt four times, no double-minded, no doubt, work it out, um, uh, no doubt, work it out, no doubt, work it out. So we're trying to work it out tonight, praise the Lord, all right? So the Lord is telling us to increase our saying, that uh, our saying is not enough. He's looking for our words, and they're not enough. And uh, so he's talking about declaring and decreeing anything. Let's go to Matthew 8, 17. Matthew 8, 17. You know, this is a scripture. We know uh, Isaiah said it first. And a lot of times we go to this particular scripture for the second part of it. But we're going to look at the first part of it tonight. 
And it says, Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So again, let's go back and look at the beginning of this verse. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken, which was spoken. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken. Which to imply that if it's not spoken, it can't be fulfilled. So why is he looking for our words? Because there's some things that he wants to fulfill in our life. But if we're not saying words and giving him words, I need your words. That means that the desires that we have in our heart, that means the things that he desires for us can't come to pass if we don't give him back his words. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. So the Lord is telling us with no words, nothing is being fulfilled. So as he's walking through Cornerstone World Life Church family, and he's not getting the words that he's he's looking for, that means that the desires uh, of his heart, of our heart, are not being fulfilled because in order for it to be fulfilled, it must be spoken. So let's go to Job chapter 22. Hallelujah. Job 22, verse 28. So it matters what we're speaking. Because if what's we, uh, what we're speaking, it can be fulfilled. So if we continue to give him the words, that means that the more words we give him, the more probability it is that it's fulfilled. Now, I want to say this here before we go to Job. Uh, not just, you know, uh, in Matthew, in the Gospels, it talk, Jesus talked about, People who uh, prayed out openly, they, they said vain repetitions. And so we're not talking about vain repetitions. Because he wants us to be in a heart full of faith and assurance. Just like Abraham. Abraham was fully persuaded that God was going to do what he said he promised. Amen? And so he wasn't saying, I'm just going to have a son, I'm going to have some. I'm going to have some. I'm going to have a son. Just for the sake of saying, I'm going to have some. I'm going to have a son. He wasn't just doing that. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was going to perform, Hebrews tells us. Amen? So he's not just saying things over and over and over and over again. You know, in uh, some religions, they have what they call prayer flags. And then as many times as that flag is flapping in the wind, that's how many times they believe that you're saying your prayers. And so the more that flag flaps, the more words that go up before God in their prayers. And their prayers will get answered. Or a prayer wheel. And the faster that wheel goes around, their prayers are being said in that wheel. That's not what we're talking about. Those are vain repetitions. We're talking about a heart full assurance with faith. You know, just like we looked at with the the leper, you know the will of God for your life. You know the will of God for your finances. You know the will of God for your body. You know the will of God for your family. And so you can stand firm in faith knowing that what God has promised you and whatever you're standing and believing him for, he's going to perform it for you. But you have to give him words. You have to say it out of your mouth. All right. Hallelujah. I got to rock and roll here. Um, It's easy to preach up here. Praise the Lord. Good, good atmosphere. So in Job 22, verse 28, he says, you, 
will also declare, and the King James says decree a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Another translation says, you shall declare a thing and it will be done for you. Hallelujah. In verse 29, when they cast you down and you say, and that word say there is speak with confidence. Why? We have a full assurance of faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. So one of the characteristics of faith is a full persuasion of knowing the revealed will of God for you. F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, says that uh, faith, how do you say it? Faith begins where the will of God is known. So how do you find out the will? I was going to pick up, this is my journal, not my Bible, but for sake of pretend. This is your Bible. That is the revealed word of God to you or will of God to you. And so if you don't know the will of God regarding something in your life, it's in your, your Biblia. <laughs> it's in your Bible. And so uh, you can know the will of God just like that lever. If you will, you can cleanse me. Jesus says, I will. What is he saying? I, my will for you is for you to be free of leprosy. In Malachi, when we looked at that, uh, you know, this is not working for me. Well, I know your will is to bless me. Open up the windows of heaven. It's not working. And we know that that is the revealed word of God. So you have to know what the will of God is. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So a true confession of faith is being assured and it's bold, man. <laughs> in that uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 13, it says, uh, we believe and therefore we speak. Yes. Amen. We also believe and therefore speak. Just like Father Abraham, he was fully persuaded. It just that song just went through my head. Father Abraham, that many sons. <laughs> so you shall decree a thing and it shall be done to you. So the Lord said in noon prayer, so I'm going to read just a short excerpt just again. And the prayer groups, they must also say, not just pray. They must also say, they must also say some things you say, some things you pray. You must also say, teach them to declare and to decree a thing, pray it out, but then declare it and decree it. Not enough to pray it out. It's not enough to pray it out. You must decide, you must, you've got to declare and decree a thing. You've got to declare and decree a thing. So let's look at what prayer is. Let's look at what declarations are. Let's look at what decree is so we can know what the difference is. All right. So I'm going to give you a quick, quick synopsis because we got a, a lot of ground to cover. So <clears throat> a couple of definitions here. Prayer is talking to God. And I'm just going to run through this and, you know, you can go back and watch it later. Uh, but prayer is communicating and communing with God in some way. Most often it is with words, speaking to God about anything one wants to say. Somebody who can speak can pray and talk to God. Prayer is a request. Prayer is a petition. Prayer is asking God for something one desires or even on the behalf of another. So give you some quick definitions of pray uh, in the Hebrew means to ask or earnestly. It also means to beg, to entreat. Uh, some of the Hebrew words, it means to intervene, to intercede. The root word means to fall, 
down to the ground in the presence of one in authority pleading its case. So prayer is a petition or coming before the Lord or asking him of something. Um, you know, uh, uh, in the Greek it says pray is, uh, prayer is a, an offering up of our desires to God, ask, petition, request, appeal. So prayer is asking. And even over in Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark 11, it says, believe those things that you pray will come to pass. You will have what you say. So there's an element of praying. There's also an element of saying. So praying is petition, asking the Lord of something, requesting something, talking to him, um, talking to him on behalf of other people. So the declaration the biblical term for declaration is a message or a word spoken or written which makes known the truth about something. A declaration is a message or a word spoken or written which makes known the truth about something. A declaration is not a prayer because it is not a petition. It is not asking God for something or what one needs or desires. Now listen to this. To declare is to make known something. To acknowledge what exists. To proclaim the truth of what it is. So it sounds a little different than prayer, doesn't it? Declaration. So listen to some Hebrew words of declaration. To announce. To order. To command. To announce. Report. To same word. Homologio, uh, I guess that's how you say that as a Hebrew word, to same word or to confess the same word. To speak out, to cry out, to divide, separate, and designate. So when you're praying, you've got a petition up before the Lord, you're asking him for something. Uh, there's an appeal, there's an asking of something, but to declare you're making known something. <laughs> That's what the Lord is saying. They tell them to not just pray, but also to make something known. Amen? To cry out, divide, command, report. Listen to this. To declare God's word is to make known or acknowledge the truth of what God has revealed in his word. And remember, we talked about the revealed word of God, will of God. Such a declaration does not make it truth or create a new reality. Listen to this. It acknowledges and makes known what already is reality. <laughs> I love that. Already makes known what is already reality. A change can take place in, a, in, a someone, who, in someone who hears it. However, this is an empty change in their awareness of comprehension of that truth, not a change in the reality of what has been declared. So meaning that um, what's true is true. And whether you perceive that's true or not is <laughs> on, on your part, but it's true nonetheless. Thus, a declaration does not create something or bring into existence that which it declares other than the awareness and the alignment of someone's comprehension of it. So <laughs> we're going to look at just some uh, instances of people declaring some things out of their mouth. So when uh, your body is telling you you have pain in it, 
you declare my body is healed and whole. Now, you're not created anything necessarily with your words. You're, you're telling your body to align itself with the truth of the word of God. You're declaring your end of how it will be. Get in line. Amen. It's what declaration is saying. Get in line. So thus a declaration does not create something or bring into existence that which it declares other than the awareness and alignment of someone's comprehension of it. It is, in essence, a word about what already exists. The truth about what is. To declare and proclaim God's word is to make known the truth about what God has already said, which is the truth. So when the Lord is saying, okay, pray, pray things out. But I also want you to declare things out. So what he is saying, you make a decree. You make a declare of what my word says about whatever your situation is. Amen. So not just praying and asking the Lord, but when you pray and you ask Lord over in Mark 11, it says what you say will come to pass. What is that? It means to say out loud. It means to declare and decree. It also means to build things up. That word there is, one of those words there is Lego. Building something with your words. Okay, let's look at decree real quick. Something decided. This is what decree means. Something decided. A decree is in an, is an order, a directive or command issued by someone in authority, such as from a king. The New Testament calls us kings and priests. So you can decree a thing. You can tell it the law. (laughs) You can tell it the law. What the word of God says, that's the law. Amen. Amen. That's your covenant before whatever it is that's opposing you. And some of the definitions of the word decree, word, thing, judgment, letter, order, law, an authoritative announcement. I like that one. A writing, document, word, appointed word, appointed word. So when you're declaring, you're decreeing, when you're decreeing something, you're laying down the judgment. You're laying down the law. Amen. Okay, so what does this look like? And real, we got to go through this real quick. Hebrews chapter 11 is our hall of faith. So let's go there. Well, just listen real quick, Scott, because I'm going to go through this because we don't have a lot of time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for the Robert anointing, Pastor Robert anointing to come on me. So you ready? Praise the Lord. All right. So Hebrews 11 is our hall of faith. And they did some things very boldly. Now, we already talked about Abraham. And Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22, as he's offering up Isaac, God tells him to go to Mount Moriah, offer up his son to him. So when he's going up that mountain, he has his servants with him. He's going up that mountain. He looks back to his servants and he said, I and the lad will be back. What is that? That's declaring and decreeing. He's saying what the end will be. Because he, in Hebrews it says he was fully persuaded that even if he went ahead and killed him, God was going to resurrect him. Because God said to him, through Isaac will your seed be. So he already had a word from the Lord. 
So he knew if he took Isaac up there, if, I, if my sea, <laughs> uh, the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky is going to come through Isaac, God's going to raise him up. Amen. Amen. So he said, I and the lad will be back. What does he do? He's declaring the end. He's declaring the end how things are going to be. You know, just recently I was on an airplane and I do this every time I get on an airplane. I, when I, you know, you're getting, uh, coming down the jetway, you're getting on. I put my hand on the side and I said, go to the other side. I don't expect it to do anything different. Now, what am I doing? I'm declaring, you're going to the other side. I have an assignment on the other side of this. So you're going to the other side. Amen. So you declare and you decree something out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Faith is bold. So this was Abraham. He said, we're going to be back. Not I will be back. We will be back. Amen. All right. In another place in Hebrews 11, 20 and 21, Jacob, Israel, he said, by it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Then he goes on to say, by faith, Jacob, when he died, he blessed the sons of Joseph. So they both spoke to their future. So Jacob is about to die. He's praying over, um, I'm sorry, was it Isaac? Isaac is about to die. He's praying over Jacob and Esau, and he's saying, and then uh, Jacob did this with his sons. He says, uh, he's talking to their future. He's blessing the generations to come. And get this, they're gone. Isaac's gone, Jacob's gone. But their words have gone on even while they're in heaven, even while they're gone. Their words, their declarations for the generations to come. We've been praying a lot about generations around here lately. And we, but the Lord says that they're the generation of the upright. They may be acting like the devil <laughs> where you're looking at, but you're the generation of the upright. Amen. And that's the only way, the only thing we're going to say about it. You're the generation of the upright. What does that mean? As we're declaring it, that means that their lives have to line up with what the word of God says that we've decreed and we declare. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Joseph, who uh, got blessed of Jacob, it says that he did the same thing on his deathbed. Listen to what he said. God is going to visit you and he is going to bring you. And now he's declaring 400 years down. God is going to visit you and he's going to bring you out of this land of Egypt. Give me your word when God visits. He's saying God's going to visit you. He's declared out of his mouth. God's going to visit you. And when he visits you and you leave this place, take me with you. Take my bones with you. So when he died, 400 years later, God visits them through a man named Moses, hallelujah, and, and uh, executes their deliverance. And when they left Egypt, they took Joseph's bones with them. Joseph's in heaven or in the, uh, Abraham's bosom. And when, while he's there, his words are still operating out ahead of him. Praise the Lord. And affecting nations, affecting generations ahead of him. So the things that he believed, he decreed out of his mouth. And they saw them come to pass. Amen. Let's go to uh, 1 Samuel 17. This is David and Goliath. And you guys know the story that, that Israel is down in the hold. And the Philistines are uh, challenging them. And they have this nine foot whatever man 
down there and he's screaming at him and, you know, how he's going to kill him and do all these different things. And, jo- and then David comes down to bring lunch to his brothers. And J- David notices that this giant is yelling at them and saying things. And uh, what is all this about? He talks to his brother Eliab and all that. And he's like, what is, what is happening? What's going on? So let's look at verse 25, 1 Samuel 17. And so all of this is going on. And then they tell David, they said, the king has said that whoever kills this guy, that he's going to get a lot of money. He's going to get the pretty girl, the king's daughter, and he's going to get a tax deduction for the rest of his life. Amen. So David says in verse 25, so the men of Israel says, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich uh, with great riches. He will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done? Like, tell me that again. (laughs) What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. So they're telling me this is what's going to be done. He's going to get great riches. He's going to get the daughter and he's going to have a tax deduction for the rest of his life. Then Eliab, his older brother, said, heard him uh, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? To, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? And know, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. David said, what have I done now? Is, this, is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another, and he said the same thing. And these people answered him as they did the first. Now, what am I going to get? The man who kills this guy, what are they going to get? So he's making this sure, getting a solidity. He's finding out the will <laughs> of what's going to happen here if he kills whoever kills this guy. And so verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent him to uh, send him and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. So this is David. He's declaring and decreeing some things out of his mouth. And David said to uh, Saul said to David, verse 33, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and a man of war for his youth. And David, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and struck it and killed it. So this thing coming out against him, he grabbed it by his beard, slammed it down and killed it. <laughs> your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. What is he doing? He's declaring the end. How it's going to be out of his mouth. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will. He will. 
he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And David and Saul said, God be with you. You're going to say that your youth, then David gets some talk, some covenant talk in him, right? And Saul said, go, go right ahead. So they tried to put his armor on, Saul's armor on uh, you know, and uh, it doesn't fit David. Plus, David said, I have not proven this. So we can't take other people's words and put them in our mouth and expect to win a victory over it. We've got to get with the word of God. We've got to get with the presence of God and ask him, how can I fight this battle? This battle, whatever it is you're fighting right now, ask the Lord, how am I going to get the victory over this? Because we see a lot of times with him, he didn't tell them to do the same thing twice. Even Jesus, when he healed the eyes of the blind people, sometimes he prayed for their eyes. Sometimes he made mud on the ground and put on their eyes. Sometimes he told them to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He spit in their eyes one time. So not even that did he do it all the time. He And Jesus never did anything he didn't hear the Father say and never did anything he didn't see the Father do. So that's what we've got to do in fighting our battles. Right. You know, we don't start a blind, a blind ministry and, you know, spit and, you know, all these kind of things. You get, might get decked in your eye if that's the case. So he's, we, we have to do what's real to us. In verse 40, then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. So David bowed up to him. He bowed up to David <laughs> and he disdained him. He's like making fun of him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this, now David's getting real big right here. He's saying, and this day I will give the carcasses of the whole camp of the Philistines. So he's not even going after just Goliath. He said the whole camp of the Philistines. Uh, this is what's going to happen to them. Uh, I'm going to feed them to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord and he will give you into my hands. And David took off running. Hallelujah. With his stones in his hand and he and God brought to pass what David declared, what he said, uh, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken. So what he spoke, what he declared, what he decreed, he gave God something to work with. God wasn't looking for his words and finding them lacking. David was very clear on what was going to happen that day. And it did. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, let me hurry, 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 hurry. Uh, Daniel in Daniel three, you can look at this later, but you guys know the story in, um, 
verse 13. This is uh, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, he built this image. You got to bow down and worship it and all dogs that don't bow, don't bow down. We're going to throw you into the furnace. So then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage, when they told him that they wouldn't bow down, in rage and fury, gave the commandment to uh, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, it is true. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony with all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good? But if you do not, Worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery uh, furnace. And who is the God? <laughs> who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. You got to have an answer. Your de declarations and your decrees is your answer. They're not praying right here. They're not entreating, Lord, please. Uh, deliver us, Lord. Do you see the mess that we're in right now, Lord? Where are you? They're not doing that. And listen, what they do do, <laughs> what they are doing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery, burning furnace." He will deliver us. He will. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if it not, meaning some people say, you know, if God doesn't deliver us, that's not what he's saying. Because if God doesn't deliver us, it don't matter because they are in the fiery furnace anyway. So, uh, but he says, if not, if you don't throw us in, is what they're saying. Let it be known to you, if you decide not to throw us in, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image to which you have set up. And in Hebrews 11, it says, they quenched. They declared out of their mouth. It says, they quenched. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they quenched the fire by their words of what they said. We're not going to bow. It. And what do we see? Three men in there that were bound, and they're in there, and there's a fourth man in the fire with them. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember Shambach. Years ago, he preached this sermon about them. And he said, Jesus was in there and he brought their Holy Ghost asbestos suits with them to protect them from the fire. <laughs> I love Shambach. Hallelujah. And so he, they declared, declared and decreed what it would be like. Throw us in. We're not, if you don't throw us in, we're not going to serve you. Throw us in. We're not going to serve you. No, you let it be so. And then what did it say? They threw them in. And the fire that was supposed to consume them consumed the ones that were thrown, throw them into the fire. Okay, just real quick. Joshua and Caleb. Remember in Numbers 11, it talks about how they went, spied out the land and everything came back. Uh, the 10 gave an evil report. Joshua and Caleb gave a, a good report. And Josh, uh, Caleb said this. Caleb stood up and they still the people. And he said, we are well able to take them. And in chapter 14, it says, and the Lord will deliver them into our hands. So they declared and decreed out how this thing was going to be handled. The Lord will deliver us. And let's look at um, Joshua 10 real quick. 
Joshua 10, verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the people in the day. Now they're in a battle. They got five armies coming against them and they're starting to, they're going to lose daylight. And so Joshua said, spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, so they need daylight so they can continue to fight and win. So how far does this thing go? How far does declarations and decreeing go? Joshua said, son, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of whatever that is, Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemy, meaning that Israel took revenge upon their enemies. And it says, it is not written in the book of Jehasher. Is it not written in the book of Jehasher? So the sun stood, listen to this. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. Listen to this. And there has been no day like that before it or after that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. The Lord heeded the word of a man. The Lord heeded the word of a man. So that means that the Lord heard Joshua's word and he, the sun stood still and the moon stood still until they won the battle. Hallelujah. I haven't commanded, I did command some clouds on Sunday for the fall festival <laughs> to go out so that we could have a nice event that night. But command the sun and the moon to stand still. Glory to God. So let's go back and we'll wrap it up. Matthew 8, 17 said that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken. And that word spoken there is to utter. It's one of the definitions is pouring forth to speak, to say, command, and make. So that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. And again, uh, Job 22, you shall also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So what is the Lord saying to us? Yes, pray. And we need to pray. And we ought to pray. But he's also saying, you have an authority in your life that has been given to you by the head of the church, you can declare some things. You can decree some things in your life. Your body not lining up with the word of God, tell your body what to do. I've been telling mine what to do lately. Hallelujah. You'll go in the strength of the Lord. Amen. You'll go in the strength of the Lord. Father, I thank you that you restore health unto me and heal all my wounds. That's what I've been declaring out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your finances are not lining up. Start speaking to your finances. I will have everything that I need. I declared that I will have everything I need to pay my bills. And even beyond that, I will have a surplus. I will have abundance because God says he's the God of abundance. And he's my God of abundance. Hallelujah. So what are some things in your life that you need to say and start decreeing out of your mouth? So as I was reading this, I remember 
that we did a, a on the wall prayer back in J uh, July. And I handed out the folks that were there for that, this confession card. And you guys got a confession card tonight. And so these are some things that the Lord has said about our church and our pastors. And so I wrote that there's a lot of, and there's probably more than this, but these were things that I could remember. I went back and looked at some prophecies and stuff. And so I'm just going to read them, just rattle them off real quick, and you can uh, read them later, all of them later. This is something that the Lord gave Pastor Rhonda for this year and beyond for us. We are doubling in attendance. We are doubling in finances. We are doubling in the anointing. We are doubling in influence in our community and around the world. We are a praying church, and we are a saying church, we learned tonight too. We are a multicultural, multi-generational church. We are making disciples, and they are prevailing in the word of God. We are a people hungry for the word of God. We are a people thirsty for the spirit of God. We are a church of the glory and of the power of God. We are a, a church... We are in a move of God in this area in North Alabama. The Lord told the pastor that the church was not it, that the move of God, it was to house it. And it is a move of God in North Alabama. Amen. So we are a church of a move of God in North Alabama. We are a church of signs and wonders and miracles. Why? And the Lord said, why not us? Why not now? We are a church of demonstrations and manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. Then it goes on, goes on, goes on to different things. We have doors of utterance into Alabama, NASA, political leaders, spiritual leaders, nations, believers, and the harvest. And it goes on. We have authority within a hundred mile radius, the Lord told us. Hallelujah. So we start declaring and decreeing those things. And with us, one of the words in declaration means to say the same thing. To say the same word. And so we, I wanted you to have that so you can, with all the rest of us, the prayer groups, and we have prayer around here. If you want to be a part of that, you can. You can talk to me about that afterwards. But we're saying the same thing, and we're giving God words to work with. We're not just praying, which he wants us to pray, but we're also declaring and decreeing, and decreeing means to set in the law. We're setting judgment down or how things are going to be around here. Amen. And it will be as the Lord said. Amen. It will be as the Lord said in your life. So that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.